Welcome to episode 102 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Alice. She used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Alice, for your generous contribution. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Do you take responsibility for your own actions? Do you take on responsibility for the way others live their lives? Do you sometimes try to play God? I know I do. Today we're going to talk about responsibility and authority as set forth in our Concepts of Service Numbers 1 and 2, and they read, uh, Concept 1 says the ultimate responsibility and authority for Al-Anon World Services belongs to the Al-Anon Groups. 2 says the Al-Anon Family Groups have delegated complete administrative and operational authority to their conference and its service arms. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topics of Concepts 1 and 2. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I'm your host today. Joining me is co-host Akila. How are you doing today, Akila? I'm good, Spencer. How are you? I'm pretty well, pretty well. The first segment of today's episode of The Recovery Show will be our discussion of this topic and Concepts 1 and 2. Following a short break, we will talk about our lives in recovery, about how we practice these principles in all our affairs. We'll follow that with your email or voice contributions and some brief news about the podcast before closing. And uh, Akila has uh, chosen a couple of readings for us, one about Concept 1 and one about Concept 2. So concept one, again, is the ultimate responsibility and authority for Al-Anon. World services belongs to the Al-Anon groups. And this reading comes from Past to Recovery on page 253. um, The title of it is, I am responsible for my life. And the reading goes, I love Al-Anon, owe my life and health to Al-Anon, and wanted to be there for those still suffering. Therefore, I selfishly serve Al-Anon. My service is important, but I can never do all that needs to be done to protect and assure Al-Anon's continued availability. I can't write the books alone. I can't answer all the calls. I can't send out all the information needed. But I can take responsibility for the pages I can write, the calls I can take, and the literature and information I can pass on. I am also responsible and have the authority to join with others in my small little corner of the world to see what jobs are done by those able to do them. Personally, I interpret this concept as an additional tool for my recovery. It reaffirms that I am responsible for my own life. I can't expect others to do for me what I can do for myself, nor do I assume responsibility for them. I have responsibility for my life and can choose when to welcome others into it. We share together, work together, and grow individually. And the concept two, again, says the Al-Anon family groups have delegated complete administrative and operational authority to their conference and to its service arms. And this reading is from page 260 and Pass to Recovery, entitled, I Cannot Do Everything. And this is just an excerpt. Concept two taught me reliance. Even though the individual group is the heart of Al-Anon, as we saw in concept one, the individual group cannot do many things. How does a new edition of One Day at a Time in Al-Anon get published? Who produces a television spot that can be shown by our local stations? Who publishes our Blueprint for Progress inventory booklet? Who revises the pamphlets? In our our district, who writes and publishes the newsletters? In our area, who makes decisions about when and where our next convention or assembly will be held? 
These are all very important. They are things our individual groups cannot do. Therefore, we have delegated to others not only the authority, but also the responsibility to to do these things. Each group realizes that it has to rely on others to get this work done. In my personal life, I have finally realized that I cannot do everything. Indeed, I do not even want to. Therefore, I must learn to rely on other people. At one time, I did not want to ask anybody to do anything. I tried to do everything that pertained to my own being and welfare. I thought this was recovery, but it was actually still a desperate attempt to control my life because I didn't believe I could rely on anyone else. I had to learn to feel the loneliness and difficulty of this attitude deep within my heart until at last I could say, yes, please do this for me. I cannot. Thank you, Akilah. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's more readings in, in uh, a couple of our books that are um, relevant to the to the concepts and about how um, we can apply them in our lives. And both the past recovery book that you read from and the new workbook called Reaching for Personal Freedom uh, include writings on personal application as well as explanations of how it works uh, in the actual l groups and the service levels. Uh, so I thought, you know, it might be helpful for me to see what these words authority and responsibility mean and what the difference is between them. Uh, so I looked them up uh, on, in, in a dictionary online, and I found authority is the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. Whereas responsibility, I have a couple definitions here. One is the state or fact of having a duty to deal with something, and the other is taking ownership of my thoughts, words, and actions. And, uh, and so I guess to some extent they're kind of, they go together, because right. if I have the responsibility to do something, but I don't have the authority, it's going to be very hard for me to do it. And if I have if I have the power to do something, but it's not my responsibility, this is this is where I get into trouble personally because I have the power to to sort of try to do a lot of things, but there there are things that I don't have responsibility for doing. And if mm-hmm. I try to wield that power, uh, maybe other people get upset because they think it actually ought to be theirs, or I. Um, you know, this is where I try to to run other people's lives. I think I have the uh, the authority to to run everybody else's life, and I and I really and I certainly don't have the responsibility to do so. Um, I don't know, I and mean, hopefully that'll become more clear. How do you see these these words, Akila? Um, I think um, I think your explanation was actually really good for both of them, right? And for authority, it just means being to me is being in charge, right? So. Um, one of the parts is the power right to give orders, make decisions and enforce obedience. So if I think about how that works as a parent, for yeah. example, I have authority over my daughter so I can make and enforce rules. I can tell her what to do and I can also make decisions on her behalf because ultimately I am responsible for her. Um, but at the same time, um, and I'll continue to use this as my example because this is what I live every day. <laughs> but at the same time, um, some of those choices, I can, I can make, you know, I can make, dictate these rules and I can do those things, but I can't force her to do them. Yeah. So there's a lot of things I cannot, I cannot, for example, she, um, it's her responsibility to do her homework. Yeah. Like I can say it needs to be done, but ultimately that's her deal. She has to do it. She's the one that she's the only one who can do it. Yeah. 
So even if I say it must be done or it has to be done, um, it is not my duty to do it for her. I can't take ownership of her homework. I mean, I'm looking at the, I'm, you know, thinking about the definitions. I can't take ownership of her homework and then complete it for her because then, of course, now it's my homework instead of hers. Thinking that too with my students because I teach, as Mm -hmm. so many of us do. Um, (laughs) um, Right, like I, I create the, I create the course, I create the syllabus. I'm like, this is it, this is it. But it's my students' responsibility to show up to be on time, to learn, to do those things. And I can't force them as much as I want to make them do it. I can't. Like, they have to do it for themselves. They have to want it for themselves, and they have to do it themselves. And I think that's sort of the difference between authority and responsibility. I was Actually, that was the example that, that I was going to give with regards to homework. You know, your daughter's teacher has the authority to assign the homework, mm-hmm. but not the responsibility to get it done. Right. And I think that's that's that actually I can I can get get a handle on that particular um distinction pretty easily. Right. Um, so when I think about the groups and I think one of the the things there is that the we give authority to world services, right? To our group rep, to the district rep, to area, you know, to go to area and say I speak for the group, but it's yeah. our responsibility as individual groups to say to have a group conscience and say this is how we feel about this. And then we trust them to take it to the larger, to the larger group. And then that goes up and up and up to world services. And then they say, great. Okay. But we ultimately will make the decision based on the input that you have given us. And so if we don't give our input, I mean, one of the other readings talks about how the guy um, was talking about how he didn't like the way the meeting was run. And so eventually he had to learn like, oh, if I don't like the way the meeting is run, I have to say something because I'm responsible for speaking up because that's the only way anybody's going to know what's going on. Yep. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So another word that, that shows up in some of the um, readings and the questions in, in it, the the books is accountability. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes up more in, in con- talking about concept two where, we're delegating mm-hmm. responsibility and authority. Yes. Uh, and so when we delegate to somebody to do something, we say, okay, this is now your responsibility and you have the authority you need to get this done. They, right. they become accountable back to us to say, right. yes, I did this. I did this in the way that you asked me to do it, or I did this in the way I did it. And <laughs> hopefully that's okay or whatever it is. But, and, you know, I see that. I mean, that, that's really, clear to me more or less at in a work setting yeah uh, where um you know my my boss or the organization uh sets goals and sets tasks and and says okay um you know here's a team of people you're you're supposed to meet these goals you have the responsibility to do the work required to meet these goals and Mm -hmm we will give you the authority that you need in order to get that work done. Uh, but then we're, I'm accountable maybe as a team leader back to my boss, uh, for, uh, for actually, um, you know, completing, getting the work completed and, and, and saying, and showing him how it, how it meets the goals or whatever. Right. And if we think about, think about it in a work setting and then we can think about, um, again, applying this out is 
if my boss or if my students, if I say, hey, here's what you're supposed to, if my boss comes to me and says, here's what you're supposed to do, this is what you're responsible for, this is your task, and then micromanages me and won't right. let me do it my way, yeah. um, even though the goal is just for me to finish it and bring it to, to her, then I'm angry, resentful, and upset because... Um, because I know what you want me to do. Let me do it and I'll bring it to you. Then if it's not done correctly, we can talk about it, but I don't need you berating me and constantly. And now I'm thinking about how I do this with my daughter. Cause this is, this is our fight that we have all the time when she's like, I know what you want me to do. And the way I grew up was, um, this is what I want you to do, but also you must do it my way. Yeah, and yep. so our fight that we used to have a long time for a long time is um, you're doing it, but I want you to do it. And she would say, "Let me do it. I know, I know what I'm doing." And sometimes her way was better or mm-hmm. more thoughtful than mine because she was trying something new, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just couldn't. I was just like, "Just do it. This is the way it's supposed to be done." <laughs> and now. Yeah, that really points out the disadvantage to me as as a boss, say, of micromanaging. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, which is, I get upset when I think you're not doing it right. When I think that the mm-hmm. person that I've delegated the test to isn't doing it right, they're not they're not doing it the way I would have done it. And right. I take up time doing that micromanaging. That then means that I don't have time to do the things that are actually my responsibility, right? Uh, and this became this. This is very clear in hindsight, uh, in in an alcoholic family situation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, think about yeah, and thinking about that whole. It's the same thing. This is our, you know, the thing where we say we have to give people the dignity to make their own choices and to make their own mistakes and. Mm-hmm. That. Mm-hmm. do their own thing because it's the same thing it's like it's not the way i would do it but that doesn't mean that it's not the it's not going to get done or you're not going they're not going to learn the right way to do it if i'm stepping in saying hey this is exactly how it must be done yeah. and i know you have your own ideas about that but your ideas are wrong <laughs> and also do it my way then you're doing it my way but you're not doing it my way the way i want you to do it so you're wrong again anyway. So it's sort of that whole thing like, yeah, maybe it's not the way that I would do it, but I have to let you do it and then see what happens, let go of outcomes and see what happens. And hopefully we'll get the same result. And sometimes we won't. Um, but that's part of trusting the process. It's all, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But, and, and I try to, yeah. I mean, I just, I was saying, I would remember um, basically taking on responsibility for everything in the family uh, during the period when when my wife was drinking heavily because I felt like I had to do it. And not only was I taking on the responsibility for everything, I was also trying to take on the responsibility for getting her to stop drinking. Right. And and that pretty much left me no time to to do the stuff that I needed to do to keep myself sort of spiritually and mentally at least fit, if not physically. I, I like the way these two concepts go together. It says, um, you know, that in, in the program, um, the groups are ultimately responsible for carrying the Al-Anon message. Right. That uh, 
because that's where people hear the message, right? They come to a they come to a meeting. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't call up the office wherever it is, Virginia Beach or something, mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, tell me about you know, <laughs> tell me the Al-Anon message." You know, the, mm-hmm. and the people there are hopefully if they get that call, they'll say, "Well, where are you?" And here's where there are some meetings in your area, and you can go hear the message there. So, really, the group is the you know the ultimate ultimately responsible for carrying the message and and the groups according to this concept also have the authority to carry the message and that's you know that's reflected in some of our traditions too about um and i can't remember the exact numbers now but you know about the only requirement to be an ally on group is that it's a meeting of uh, of relatives or friends of alcoholics and they have no other affiliation and we carry the message in this way i mean all the traditions are about sort of how we do that Right, and each group being autonomous, so then right, you can do it the, the way yeah, you do it the way you do it in your group. You don't, you know, you carry the message the way your group best sees fit. And, you know, I've been to several different meetings, and they all have a slightly different format. Yes, but at the do. end of the yep. day, um, what is the the ultimate? Like you were saying, the ultimate, the purpose is to provide help for friends and family. And are we doing it? And then even thinking too about, well, how do we decide on opening and how do we decide on the closing and what do we do throughout the meeting and how is it set up? But all the literature, um, all the things that people want, it starts with the group. So if somebody says, hey, maybe this reading isn't quite the, you know, maybe this opening, there's some language in there that that's turning people off. And then they say, well, to their group rep, you need to bring, you know, bring us up at district. And then the group rep brings up a district and then the district rep says, hmm, I'll mention it at district. And then all of a sudden it goes up and up. And then mm-hmm. at World Service, they can say, well, this is something we need to change. And then we get the new manual and it's like, here's the new suggested opening. And it's based on where do we get that from the group yeah. saying, mm, maybe this should be a little bit different. Yep. And then the, the second tradition talks about administrative and operational authority. Concept. That, uh, the co- concept. Thank you. The second mm-hmm. concept. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll get there eventually. That's and, okay. Uh, and, and, and like the reading that you read said, you know, you can't, each group can't be publishing books and, and, right. and, Somebody's got to have the national website and the phone and all that, and and so you, we have to delegate the the authority and the responsibility for those things um, to a smaller group of people, which is the, um, the I guess it's called the conference. But mm-hmm. um, and so I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this in relationship to my church, where okay, um, so we have a board of trustees, and when I first joined the church. Um, the the board of trustees was very hands on, was making decisions about sort of day to day operations, and and in consequence, they basically spent all their time dealing with you know micromanaging the way the church worked, uh, and weren't able to think about bigger goals, aspirations, and and uh, you know what the what sort of what the values of are, are as a community, and. We went through this transition to where the board sets goals and policies, and our senior minister and her administrative staff carry them out. And so the board really is not in charge in that respect, mm-hmm. except that if, if say, I feel like the way in which um, the 
the workers of the church, which includes the minister and the people in the front office and the executive director and all, if I feel that they're doing something in a way that doesn't meet with, uh, match up to the values that we've set and the goals that we've set as a, as a community, then it's my responsibility, you know, to mm-hmm. bring it back to the board and say, I think we need to change something here. We need to change, you know, we need to change a policy or we need to change a goal so that, um, because I think that what, what they're doing is not. And so in, in a very, very real sense, the way we govern the, our, our church, the ultimate responsibility lies with the congregation. Um, you know, the congregation has to vote to approve the budget and, but we don't make the budget. Right. You know, we don't sit down and do all those. And I remember meetings where we used to go through the budget like line by line and people would say, well, what is this $50 that we're spending on? I don't think we should be spending that $50. And those were really, really painful meetings because we were trying to take the responsibility to manage the details that, that really wasn't wasn't ours. We needed to delegate that responsibility, right. and that's what we've done now. and And the meetings run a lot more smoothly. Uh, right. And it's it's sometimes it's not so obvious what the feedback process is. Um, mm-hmm. But it, uh, when I mean, our church's got six hundred members. When you got six hundred people, you cannot have a meeting where everybody's fighting over individual lines in the budget. It just is not going to work. Um, right. And so, <laughs> yeah. And then you get the people right because I mean I think our church is the same way. Like they have. A budget committee, like that's what they do with the accountants and the people who love doing that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then, but it's that same thing. Is but we trust them to do that. Yep. yep. So we give them that responsibility. We give them. I mean, and then it comes back again. It comes back to the group to vote on or whatever to say yes, we approve it or we don't approve it. But we trust that you're doing what you said you're doing. Yeah. We trust you're doing a job that I mean, this is so they do. I mean, the two concepts really do overlap. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those, um, one of the questions we have here is like, um, for what part of my life am I ultimately responsible? You know, this idea of how do I, how do I recognize what is mine to, to control basically? And every, and everything yeah. we know is, <clears throat> or everything we're, we're learning and program, or at least that I am. And I think you are too, because I've heard you say this. I'm responsible for my own actions. Actions I'm responsible and attitudes, yeah. for, and attitudes, right? For for my own actions and my own attitudes. And so um, I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday when I think about the serenity prayer and it says, accept the things I cannot change. And so usually it's other people and what they're doing. Yeah. Courage to change the things I can. Oh, well, that's me and my attitude. Yeah. And the wisdom to know the difference. And so the wisdom is then how, when do I discern? I mean, it's discerning between this is my responsibility. This is what I can change. This is what I can work on. And this is what I cannot. And recognizing that we can't do everything. And I think even just getting real basic, like um, I don't, I take out my garbage, but the people from the city or the county or whatever, come pick it up and bring it to the dump. Yeah. That's you know what I mean? Basic. Like the, you know, so, and I trust them to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, I'm not, I don't want that responsibility. So I freely give it, yeah. but somehow I'm, but I want the responsibility to, um, to fix other people. That's my big thing. I feel like somehow 
I can do it. I can fix you. If you would listen to me, you would be fixed. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah. I will take out so. your garbage and mine. Right. <laughs> and, and I will dump And then them. look how, <laughs> and look how clean how clean both of our houses are except no, my house isn't clean cuz I'm worried about your garbage. Yeah. Yep. And 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 that's that is I think that is the hardest one of the hardest questions that I certainly faced coming into the program was understanding um what what I was responsible for and what I was not responsible for. And it's something that sometimes I still uh, I still fuzz my boundaries on that. Yeah, you know? oh God. it's so, so hard. Yeah. So my uh, my daughter recently bought a car, mm-hmm. and since she's just out of college and you know just started working, she doesn't have a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. and she does have a whole lot of debt. Uh, she said she said to me the other day, she said, "Gee, I must be middle class because my college debt is almost exactly the same as my annual income." which is actually a pretty good situation for somebody you know first year out of college Um, yeah that is actually pretty good so she she bought a a car from a friend who was you know upgrading to a a slightly newer car Mm -hmm. and this car is it's in reasonable shape for a whatever it is 12 year old uh, car oh. that's been living in the northern winters and it's got some rust and stuff and it's got 150,000 miles and you know and it has some problems and she bought this car over in New York State uh, where we were uh, visiting my parents for for Christmas and had to drive it back here and of course and so she's following me mm-hmm. and every time I would see her do a driving thing that I didn't think was safe. I was like, you know, mentally like trying to tell, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. You know, and I kept it all inside. <laughs> I kept it all inside. I didn't say anything to her, you know, and that's the program working for me that it it is her responsibility to drive her car, you know, in the way that she needs to drive it. And if she mm-hmm. asks me, for help. And this oh, yeah. is, again, this is something right. I learned. So she was having some, it's a, it's a standard transmission and she grew up, um, grew up, learned to drive mostly automatics and, and mm-hmm. we have one standard which she can drive, but she doesn't like it. So now she's got her own and she really had to learn how to do it. And she called me the other day and said, I was driving up this ramp in a parking garage and the, and, and the car made this really awful noise while I was, you know, trying to drive up the, and so I sort of asked her about it and, and I, and I thought it probably is that thing that happens when you're trying to clutch and, and you just don't yeah. do it right and it kind of jerks and jerks and bang, bang, bang. And, and so next time I was with her, I said, let me just, let me just drive your car and see, you know, what I find. And, and I also took the opportunity to just, sort of go over again some of the basics of how to clutch and and showed her that she could actually make the car go without putting her foot on the accelerator. Right. And then a couple of days later she told me that made a huge difference for her that mm-hmm. that she really now is starting to feel where the clutch is engaging. So, you know, I obviously can't drive the car for her. Um, right. But when when she asked me for help, and it, it then, you know, I have the authority to impart, you know, my whatever fifty something years of experience, almost fifty years of experience driving a standard. I drew the boundary 
that it's mm-hmm. her car and she can drive it the way that she wants to drive it. But at the same time, I don't want her to drive it in such a way that makes it so she has to spend expensive repairs that she can't. Um, where is where does my responsibility end there? You know, and and mm-hmm. and that's where I drew that line. Was she asked for some help uh, because it was doing something she didn't like, and so then I could I could give her. Um, uh, some more advice, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. and and that advice was received because she asked for it. You see, yeah, that's perfect, and that reminds me because my my daughter and I just had this week. Past week was kind of rough for us because um, we've talked. You and I have talked before about this whole getting up one time and the kids <laughs> being late. You know, yeah. And so it was happening, and then so I went in her room one day, and I was just like, you are asleep, and you need to be up. And she's like, why are you yelling at me? And I was like, because you need to be up. And she's like, you told me. You know, she was like, I'm, I need to get myself up. She was like, you said you would leave me if I'm not ready. So she's really good at enforcing my own boundaries, as you can hear. <laughs> and she's wow. like, you know, just leave me, let me do it. That's what it is because I have to get it together. And she was like, I, it's a process. I'm getting back on. Cause you know, it's just the break and everything. And so everything's all screwy. And she's like, but this is part of it. I'm going, I may mess up, but then I have to say, Oh, this is how I'm going to correct myself. And, you know, just let me work through it. And it's fine. And I'm like, fine, you know, and, um, remember, remember this the next time you're having a rough time. And then, but also she's saying things to me that I have said to her, you know, but I don't always remember it unless I hear it from somebody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And even that, right. Cause it's her responsibility to get herself up one time. She's old enough. She can do it. I, and I can't physically wake her up and get her out of bed. Like, I can wake her up, but I cannot physically get her out of bed, <laughs> you know? And these are the things that I struggle with. And, um, another example, because I was I was talking about this at my meeting this week, um, but there was a time when, because we're talking about homework, like it's her responsibility gets a bit. I, you know, I was so codependent. If she was working on something, I would stay awake. I would be in my room, like I can't go to bed yeah. until she finishes. Yeah. Like what? What does that do for anybody? What does me staying up yeah. while she's working on a project that is her deal? What does that accomplish? But somehow I feel like that's not even what I wanted to talk about. What, I'm sorry. But, what I really but, wanted to say. <laughs> that wasn't even what I, I know it is. Relevant. What I really wanted to say is she told me this is what it was. Cause it was about asking for help. She told it is relevant. Cause I would do that, but it's not my responsibility to stay awake because she's awake. Like yeah. that has nothing to do with anything. But what it was that she told me, she said, you know, sometimes you really stress me out. And I was like, Oh my God, how can I be stressing you out? And she's like, well, when I have stuff and then you're constantly telling me another way to do it or what I should be doing, it makes me feel like I'm doing it wrong Mm. or I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be Mm. doing. You know, and I said, you're right. You know, and I said, I'm trying to be better at that. And And so every once in a while we have to do a hard reset. I said, right. So I'll back off. And then if you need help, if you ask me for help, then I will offer help. And I said, but other than that, or if I see you straight, and she was like, well, sometimes I do need help and I don't know it. And I said, right. But instead of me just stepping in and telling you what you're doing wrong or how to fix it, I can say, it looks like you're having a little bit of trouble. 
would you like to would you um, would you like some help? I can ask you if you want help. And if you say yes, I'll give you help or advice or whatever. But if you say no, I'll back off. You know, and it, but I have to be reminded of it because, you know, the way I, I'm just like, no, you're doing it wrong and this is how we're going to do it. And talking about, pro, you know, this is a program thing for me, definitely, because there's no way even before I would have just been like, no, you just need to listen to me because I'm telling you and I know what's right. I know what's best for you. Yeah. Um, that always goes over uh, really well. Yeah. So that whole. Anyway. Yeah. Thinking about that whole asking for help. And then and I think for, you know, my daughter again. Ultimately, I'm responsible for her, but I'm, you know, I'm her authority figure, but she's responsible for parts of her own life that I can't do those parts. And if that's the case, if I feel like she needs help, I don't go in and take charge. You know, this is the part I have to say, I have to either respect her enough to know that she'll ask for help or respect that I do know a little bit more than her about this particular thing. And would you like help? And in that way, mm-hmm. if she wants help and she doesn't, or she needs help and she doesn't realize that she can ask for, but I'm not just taking over. And I mean, even that, I mean, and my parents and I have even started doing that with each other. Just like, would you like to hear how I do this? Mm-hmm. Would you like to know what I usually do when I'm doing this thing? You know, or, and then, but sometimes we go too far the other way. Like, what do you do? No, I'm not going to. You do it your way. No, I'm asking you because I want you to tell me because I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yep. I I mentioned this, I think, in a previous um, podcast, but when I was visiting my parents over the, the holidays, my father's one of these micromanaging people that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he has his way to do things. And, and it always, and, it, it, you know, it's good for me because I feel like what what it's like to be on the other end of that. Right. And but this time, like I know he's very particular about certain things. I just asked him. Mm-hmm. I said, How how you know, how do you do this? And he was very happy to show me where to put each of the particular dishes in the in the dishwasher rack to get the maximum efficiency according to his <laughs> system, you know? Yeah. It made it so much easier. I don't I don't know how that actually relates to the concept except for this notion that that uh uh I I feel what it's like when somebody else tries to take they 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 gave me the responsibility mm-hmm. to load the dishwasher but not the authority to load it the way that I want to load it you see right yeah to um, make a decision about how to do yeah, it yeah yeah exactly yeah. and mm-hmm. and and I'm looking at this you know this question I think we talked a, a, a bit about why it, it's important to delegate responsibility and authority. And for me, yeah. the, the simple answer is I can't do everything. Right. Um, and where it gets tricky for me, so it's really easy for me to delegate sort of responsibility and authority for, say, fixing my car. Right. Because I used to be able to work on my car back when, like, you could actually see around the engine when you opened the hood. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> but with today's cars, with all the computer computers and and everything mm-hmm. so tight under the hood, I just can't do it. Mostly, I mean, you know, some of the some some cars like you you can't even change the spark plug or something without taking the engine out, which is just crazy. Um, right. And so I have to delegate that because I don't have the knowledge or the equipment uh, to to be able to do what needs to be done, and then. I have to trust that the person to whom I have delegated that authority will, A, know what needs to be done, uh, B, not 
try to sell me things that don't need to be done and see do it correctly right and and so my responsibility is in that is is first how do i choose the person that i want to to give this to um, and secondly, how do I hold them accountable for what they've done? And th- those are my responsibilities in that interaction. Um, it, you know, it is not my responsibility to fix it correctly. And 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 I remember uh, one one mechanic shop back uh, a while ago um, when like you could actually walk into the mechanic shop instead of just having to come into the front office. And he had a, mm-hmm. a sign up on the wall. It says, you know, hourly rates. If we fix it. Uh, whatever this was a while ago it was like forty dollars an hour. If you mm-hmm. watch while we fix it, fifty dollars an hour. If you try to give us advice while we fix it, sixty dollars an hour. If you tried to fix it first, seventy dollars an hour. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. sort of this. Uh, it and it 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 you know it's a funny way of saying that you know that that he has the responsibility and, and the and the authority to do the fixing and and. Um, if I try to interfere with that, it it costs him time, and it and therefore he's going to make it cost me money or something. And I don't think he was really serious about it, but it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but this it brings up some of these other questions. You know, um, uh, what responsibilities in life could I or, or do I delegate, and how do I, you know, who do I trust to be reliable, mm-hmm. um, and and how do I learn trust maybe by delegating? Right. Know, what do you, what, you have some thoughts on those those questions? Well, I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking about an example because I was talking uh, my my uncle, I guess, was telling my mom how he does everything in his house. He does everything in his house. Um, he cooks. He cleans. Mm-hmm. He um, he washes the clothes. He does this. He does that. He does that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about and I said, you know, that sounds because the reading was even saying when I don't do that, I'm trying to control everything. Yeah. And so we had this conversation very recently and I said, you know, and of course I see myself in him. So it's, but it's just, this was a recent thing. Yeah. And I said, I said, probably, and he's like, and nobody will help me. Nobody will help me. And I, <laughs> and I said, well, probably because if they try to, he's like, that's not the way to do it. But also thinking about controlling, like it took me a long time to even just say, um, Will you do this for me? And then let yeah. the person do it. Yes. Will you, like you were talking about loading the dishwasher, will you load the dishwasher and let them do it? And if it's not the way I would do it, okay, because the dishes are done and that's something I don't have to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because um, one of the ways we, um, my daughter and I decided, well, that I, to divvy up the housework is like, she hates washing the dishes and I hate cleaning the bathroom. So I could, she doesn't always clean the bathroom the way I want her to clean the bathroom, but she cleans the bathroom and then that I don't have to do it. Yeah. So if I let her do it and she does it her way and as long as it's clean, it's fine and I'll do the dishes and it's fine and everything gets done. But there was a time um, when it would be like, I would let her do it, but she's not going to do it the way I want to. So therefore I can't let her do it. Yeah, there's actually and, uh, there's actually a reading in the um, um, the workbook uh, where uh, oh, this, this person yeah. person talks about um, you know asking her son to to dust and then mm-hmm. following along behind him to make sure that he was doing it correctly as he was doing it and she said and my son who had some time in Alateen turned to me and said mom so the purpose of dusting is to remove the dust right <laughs> says yeah said so. Let me do it, 
and then you can check to make sure that the dust got removed later, and we don't have to worry about how I'm doing it. Right. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, even thinking about that example, so basically I'm letting you dust, but I'm following right behind you as you dust, which means I could be doing something else or I could yeah. be dusting myself. Exactly. You know, it's that whole yeah. thing, and it's just what, and I mean, this is, we're getting into how important is it, I think. This idea of like, what, what is the thing that I know I need to be in charge of? Because it absolutely must be done this particular way. You know what I mean? And then what are the other things that I need done? Um, or, um, I would like to have done, but maybe aren't as important. So I can let those things go. And it's sort of just, you know, it's just a different way of, and then I can get help with it. But then, I mean, before I got in the program, this is, this will tell you something about how I am. I was sick. My friend came to my house and she was like, you're sick. And I was like, yeah, I can't be sick. I have things to do. This is me. <laughs> you know? right, I, can't be sick. I have things to do. Yeah. And so literally she's like, well, I'm going to help you. And I was like, no, you can't help me. I just have to do everything. And like, she literally, oh so here's somebody offering me help <laughs> yeah. and I couldn't take it until yeah. she literally started loading the dishwasher, like as she's doing it. And then I'm just like, oh my God, thank you so much for doing that. And then I could lay on the couch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's just how tightly I have held on to that notion of having to do everything for myself that unless someone actually literally started doing it and I could see that they were going to do it, that I could actually let go of it. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, I mean, that's now I would be like, great. She said she was going to load it, load it. I'm going to go take a nap. But I just wasn't there. I just, I need a proof. Well, I think we um, maybe wind this up. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts about uh, these concepts? No, I just want to say I think they're great. Like I know they, <laughs> I know people are like, but I think once we, the more we talk about them, the more it'll be easy to see that it's, oh yeah, this does have some application to my actual life. Yeah. And not just to business things. Yep. Um, and anyway, for this one, it does help me because, again, one of the things I had to learn. So, again, back specifically to concepts one and two, you know, it took me a long time as a teacher. And finally, I realized, like, I can do all this stuff for my students, but ultimately I cannot make them do the work. I cannot make them. Learn. And I can't care more than they do. And I think that was the thing that really got me. Like, I care so much that I'm caring for you. I want you to do. But I'm like, if you don't want to do well, I can't care so much that it'll make you do well. You know, like, I can't care more about something than you do. And I think that's another thing with authority and responsibility. Like, I can do but you know, I can lead the horse to water, (laughs) but I can't make it drink. It's that same thing. Like, I can do all the work, but if you don't do your part, or if you do all the work and I don't do my part, then what? There's nothing. So, yeah, that's where I am. Yep. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. It does. And I really, I just, I looked at these and I said, oh, okay. If we take this out of this context of Al-Anon World Service, this is like, this is a really core part of what my recovery has entailed, which is learning to what I'm responsible for, taking responsibility for the things I'm responsible for and letting go of the things that I'm not responsible for and, mm-hmm. and setting boundaries when I do that. So that, so, and I, I guess I'm just going to conclude with another, another work example because 
where uh, so I'm at, I do software development and and I'm in the position where I sort of say this is this is the thing we're going to do and here's the outline of how we're going to do it and then mm-hmm. there are other maybe some other people who actually do that uh, the coding for that that particular task and I have to let them do that right I mm-hmm. I have my own job. I can't sit there and watch them as they're typing or whatever. Um, and in fact, mm-hmm. a couple of the guys that, that that work on my team are not in our office. They're on the other side of the country. And so I, I physically can't watch them. Talk. Right. Um, but we do set accountability in that, you know, it has to meet certain standards and there's a review before we say, yeah, the work is done. And so that's where I set that boundary. Okay, here's the job. You, here's the parameters. This is the inputs. This is the outputs. This is how it, you know, what it's supposed to do. You go make it do that. And then, you know, we have a checkpoint at the end to say, did you do it according to, you know, the requirements for the job and the standards about how we said we're going to, to, to create our software and so on. And, and so it, it, that becomes fairly clear to me where those boundaries are in that work situation. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot harder and it's still hard, even though my kids are, um, you know, they're adults, they're 24. So they've been legally adults for like six years now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there are still times when I want to step in and manage their life. And, mm-hmm. and even though I have delegated to them, the, you know, the responsibility of I mean, my daughter doesn't live in the house. She's got an apartment, you know, mm-hmm. my son lives in another state. Um, and, and I can't run their lives, but there are times when I want to, uh, and, and these concepts right. can help remind me to set boundaries appropriately and take responsibility for only those things that are mine. And well, after a short break, we'll continue with our lives in recovery, where we talk about how recovery works in our daily lives and our meetings. And uh, our first musical selection, and again, you can listen to all the music that we pick on the website at therecoveryshow.com slash 102, is uh, Dido with her song Life for Rent. And, you know, I hadn't really paid attention to this song before. I might have heard it. Um, but when I, I actually went and watched the video of it, it just like grabbed me. Uh, because what she's she's talking about, maybe not taking ownership, which is responsibility and authority for her own life, but how maybe she should be in the, and the chorus has this lyric, if my life is for rent and I don't learn to buy nothing I have is truly mine. And, and that was just like, and, and the video, she's in this like gray room with a sort of a video window looking out on sort of what life could be. If she actually took took ownership of it, it just really grabbed me. In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery, about what's happening in our meetings and our lives this week. And I guess I'll start. Um, so one of the challenges this in this past week for me has so much to do with these these concepts of responsibility and authority mm-hmm. because both my kids were traveling. Um, my my uh, daughter was flew down to Mississippi to go to a um, annual meeting of her fraternity, and I was like, 
I honestly did this. Okay, I got up in the morning and I looked at the weather forecast for Oxford, Mississippi, and it was like 10 degrees. So I texted her and I said, hey, it's really <laughs> cold in Mississippi. Take some warm clothes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was so not letting her take responsibility for her own life there, all right? And I knew I was doing it, and I did it anyway, all right? Um, <laughs> this is my 24-year-old daughter, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and then um, my other child was also traveling the next day and was flying to Boston to meet up with two friends who were flying back from Europe so that they could then drive together back to, back to Connecticut where they're all going to school. And then he explained some of the complications. And so of course I spent the whole day worrying about whether they were all going to hook up and whether he was going to get to Boston because they were supposed to have a big snowstorm. And I mean, I didn't spend the whole day doing that, but, but it, it, it came up in my mind several times through the day. And I did, um, after a couple hours, I texted and said, "Hey, just let us know when you get there, okay?" Mm-hmm. And I felt that was a little bit more, uh, a little bit better observation of 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 the boundary. Just sort of, "Hey, I'm your parent. I, I want to know that you're safe. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to run it for you, and and you don't have to give me the blow by blow." And so he sent me a very short text that I'm in Boston, and and I was it was good. Uh, so, okay. yeah, my <laughs> life, good. my life. Oh my god! Um, and uh, meetings. Actually, I've been kind of missed a couple of meetings this week. Um, although yesterday I went to a step meeting and we talked about step six, and um, there was some really good, really good sharing around step six uh, around the table. It gave me a couple, maybe a couple new things to think about. But I, I shared um, having. Uh, I was reading some. Oh my God! Non-conference literature mm-hmm. uh, on the steps, and there was it was like two short essays on each of the steps by different people, and it, it, you know, from their personal experience, basically. And this one guy was talking about step six and about that part in step six where it says, "Became entirely ready to have God remove my defects of character," and and this and it's just something that. I know that I struggled with when I worked the step that my sponsees have struggled with when they worked the step. What is this entirely ready? How do I know if I'm entirely ready to have all my defects of character removed? Like, you know, there's just too much, too much, like everything in there. (laughs) And this guy said, he says, the way I think thought about this step is that there have been times in my life where I had to make a big decision. You know, I had to make a decision about getting married, or I had to make a decision about taking a new job, or make a decision about moving across the country, um, all of which are decisions that I faced in my life at one point or another. And he said, in each of those cases, there was a time when I knew that this was the thing that I wanted to do, and I was entirely ready to make that decision. He says, that's, that's the way I think about entirely ready. There is a time when I know, yeah, okay. I want to do the step, uh, and and it and it's sort of that simple. I was like, really, mm-hmm. <laughs> really, <laughs> it could be that simple, <laughs> you know. And and the thing is, like, if I think back over these decisions about getting married, about you know what job I'm going to take, about where I'm going to go to school, about where you know am I going to move to California or Michigan or New Jersey, and you know I got to make a decision. I can only pick one of those. I can't move to all three of them. Um, and I made that decision, and and I felt good about that decision at the time. And it doesn't mean that there aren't times when I question it. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I'm 
guaranteeing that I'm going to be happy with that decision forever. Right. Uh, like this winter, this right now, we've been having sort of weather like around zero to 10 degrees Fahrenheit. And so, you know, you walk out the door and my face hurts, right? I'm like, why do I live somewhere where my face hurts? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I live here for lots of reasons and, and you know, zero degree weather is not one of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, gee, maybe I should have taken that job in California. Maybe I shouldn't have. You know, California's got no water. So, which would mm. I prefer? No water? My face hurts. I don't know. I don't have to make that decision. I already made it. So that that was that was an interesting uh, way to think about that step for me. And uh, yeah, so I think uh, short and sweet. That's my week. How's yours? Um, mine was pretty good. I already told you about the stuff that was kind of going on at home. Um, yeah. I went to a meeting. I went to my my regular meeting on Wednesday, and I was chairing the meeting. And so our topic. That I chose because, um, oh, and that's because I listened to your, I finished listening to your, the podcast about New Year's resolutions. And mm. part of why I picked it, I mean, I had already picked the topic before, um, but it kind of goes in line with the same thing because I think the beginning of the year for most of us is a time of reflection. And so I picked um, progress, not perfection, because mm-hmm. one of the things that I know um, is really easy. I don't think we had any newcomers, but thinking about before I got in a program, when I first got in a program, I always wanted to do everything right all the time from beginning to end. And so it's important to, for me for reflection to see how far I've come. Yeah. Um, and, or some things I made. So the, the first example I gave was I got a $20 to shop online, like a gift, you know, a gift certificate. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, so the progress, of course, is that I had put about four books in there before I said, oh, I wonder if there's something my daughter might like, you know, Mm. Uh, whereas before the first thing I would have done is been like, let me use this on her, even though it was mine. You know, that's Mm -hmm. my progress. Mm -hmm. Um, And then our perfection part is the staying awake when she has something to do. (laughs) (laughs) But the progress there is I can recognize I'm doing it and say, what are you doing? This is not going to work. And then go to bed, you know, go to bed. Um, I did some self-care this week. Uh, I had, so I missed my, I usually go to a meeting on Saturday morning. I missed that because I had a massage therapy appointment. That was the only time they could get me in, um, which was good. And it's important for me to do that. Um, And then I was also, so yes, thinking about your podcast, which I listened to Saturday when I was running errands. And um, resolutions, because I don't make resolutions. The last time I made, I have made, well, I won't say I, I don't make resolutions. I have made some, but they're usually very small action steps. But the last really concrete one was when I said, oh, I'm going to work the steps this year. You know, I made mm-hmm. a, that was my resolution for that year. But I've done some other smaller things, like I'm going to smile in pictures, or I'm going to stop acting like taking a picture of such a headache, you know. Like something very small that I can work on every time so I can think about it. But one thing I do, um, I don't know if you've heard of this idea of the one little word, hmm. whereas you pick a word or a concept for the year that you want to that you want to work on. Um, hmm. And our church actually did something similar at the last sermon she gave out. Our, um, the pastor gave out stars, the minister gave out stars with a word or a concept. And it's like, let that be your concept for the year. Mm. But last year I did that and I, I picked my word was acceptance. And then this year my word is willingness. 
Mm. And so what I, what that means is it usually just stays a little bit more to the front of my mind and I pay attention to those places where I'm doing that, but it can be anything like somebody, um, a blog I followed a woman said hers is breathe, for Mm. example. Um, and I think, I can't even remember what my, my word, oh, I think my word was either knowledge or community on my star I got from church um, and just thinking about, so I can think about those things and where they're present in my life or is this the thing I need to work on cultivating or maybe um, something I need to work on letting go of some things in that area, you know? So it's really interesting. So that's something I, I've done that the past couple of years and it's worked well for me. Like I really did work on acceptance <laughs> last year. It's like, and I, um, I was, and I also uh, met with a sponsor this week. So that was great. We had a great conversation. Um, we talked a lot about acceptance and, and I was even saying like, I feel like, cause when I first came into the program, the serenity prayer was the thing I really latched on to. Yeah. And even the first part of that is acceptance. And I was like, and this, and that, and in acceptance and willingness, that's one, two, and that steps one, two, and three for me. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of, that was kind of what we were talking about as well. So that was, you know, it's been, that's pretty much it. And then I went to the jail today. Um, we went to the jail and the the person who gave us a tour, and this was for my daughter's youth group, the person who gave us a tour was a chaplain of the jail. Mm-hmm. And so one of the women on the tour is actually in program as well. And he said he was in charge of all the spiritual programs. She was like, does that include 12 step programs? <laughs> so that was, mm-hmm. you know, it's just all. And he said, yes, it does. And mm-hmm. they do. Um, I think they, ha- they definitely have AA. And he said some other, pro- you know, we didn't talk a lot about it, but. It's just a nice little reminder that, you know, it is a spiritual program and that falls under the chaplain's duty because he's in charge of making sure everybody gets the spiritual stuff that they need, no matter what their religion or affiliation. And that includes 12-step work. So that was pretty much my week. And it's been, you know, I'm looking forward to this week. School started, so I've been doing a lot of letting go. (laughs) (laughs) Practicing that a lot. So School started for, for, for both you and your daughter? Yeah, well, she um, continues, but a new semester starts for us, Yeah, for me, mm-hmm. where she's continuing and, you know, her regular stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so I realized that I, I haven't, um, didn't really think about upcoming topics uh, for next week. So uh, next week there will be a topic. And uh, if you've got an idea for a topic, uh, let us know, you know. Uh, leave us a voicemail or an email. Um with uh, your topic ideas or any uh, thoughts that you have about uh, concepts one and two, about responsibility, authority, and accountability. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so how, how can people uh, give us feedback? You can call and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. Call right now to 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail button on the website to join a conversation from your computer. Or if you prefer not to use your voice, you can send email to feedback at com. We'd love to hear from you. Share your experience, strength, and hope, or your questions about today's topic of Concepts 1 and 2, or any of our upcoming topics, um, including the mystery topic that we don't know about yeah. yet. So if you do have a topic you'd like to talk about, please let us know. Spencer, where can our listeners find out more about The Recovery Show? Uh, that would be on our website, which is therecoveryshow.com. 
which has all the information about the show, including uh, notes for each episode, occasional blog, and links to the music that we talk about in, in each episode. There are also links to some other recovery podcasts and websites. And there are many ways to contribute to the content of the podcast and the website, uh, you know, including the voicemail and email that we just talked about. You can leave comments on the website. Uh, take a look at the suggested topic list. And if you see a topic you'd like us to talk about, let us know. And uh, always looking for music ideas. Uh, so just uh, hop on over to therecoveryshow.com and enter the conversation there. And, of course, you can join the conversation literally by being a guest host like Akila is today. And thank you again, Akila, um, by, by phone or Skype or FaceTime or whatever your preferred electronic communication is. So email feedback at com if you're interested in that. And what's our second uh, musical selection, Akila? So our second song is Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, which is very specifically about alcoholism and breaking free from taking responsibility for a parent. Um, some of the lyrics, um, you see my old man's got a problem. He lives with the bottle. That's the way it is. Um, my mama went off and left him. She wanted more from life than he could give. So I had to take care of him. So I quit school and that's what I did. And then we got to make a decision. We leave tonight. Or, I mean, we, yeah, we leave tonight or live and die this way. So do you, do you want a fast car? I won't sing it for you, but I do love <laughs> the song. And, you know, I didn't even realize it was about alcoholism. So this is awesome. Yeah. Actually, one of our listeners pointed that out to me um, sometime last year in an email. I was like, oh, wow, it sure is. Well, we got some uh, some email and some voicemail this week. I'm going to start here with a voicemail from Julie. Hi, Spencer. This is Julie from Texas. Um, I just wanted to, it's a little belated, but um, I wanted to, call and congratulate you on your 100th episode. I listened the other day as I did my morning run, and I just smiled most of the run because um, I'm just so thrilled with um, the show and so grateful for it and loved hearing from all of your contributors um, for that episode. It was great. And I especially... um, for the life of me, I can't remember what she said, but I remember being really grateful um, for Harriet and what she said on um, the broadcast. Um, it just really touched my heart, and maybe it was her hesitancy, and I am just so grateful that she um, shared for um, your 100th episode, whatever she shared, and I feel like I need to go back and listen now. It just really meant a lot to me. I also want to tell you that it's almost been a year um, for me um, since I found your show, and um, it has been a lifeline. Weekly, I listen to both your show and the Recovered Podcast just to keep me thinking correctly and to help me have compassion and understanding for uh, my sweet friend who is the alcoholic. Um, she is um, six months sober. So that's been really great. Um, and thanks to the Recovered Podcast, it has helped me to be, for lack of a better word, sober-minded. 
um, in knowing that it is a daily struggle and relapse is possible. It doesn't have to happen, but it's just been really good for me to listen to them to know what could happen and what the decisions are on a daily basis. At the same time, your show continues to nourish my heart and feed my soul each time I listen to it. So I just want to thank you tremendously. I feel like the fog is lifting. I feel like my world has color to it now. Um, I feel like I'm coming back to my old self. Um, of course, her sobriety has a lot to do with that. Um, she's also not living um, near me, so that helps. But we do talk on a daily basis, and so there's still that relationship that's um, very much intact. I guess talk meaning either um, Skype or text. So you are still um, needing a need greatly in me. Even though I'm not living um, with an active alcoholic, I have discovered that I still need your show. I still need recovered podcasts. I still need the truths that um, come in the form of the 12 steps, which um, have just transcended into other areas of my life that have been so helpful, um, even parenting my own kids and um, letting go of control. And I love so much how you talk about other areas where we Al-Anons like to take over and be in control. Um, they don't even have anything to do with our alcoholics. We're just kind of bent that way. And it's been so good for me to step back and um, see where things need to change, which would be so helpful to all those people around me, I'm sure. So anyway, I'm just calling to say thanks, calling to say congratulations a little late, and keep up the good work. It's fantastic. Thank you. Bye-bye. And thank you, Julie. Um, you have any thoughts on uh, Julie's share? Um, yeah, thanks for calling in. I, too, and really enjoy Harriet's feedback because I remember she, I can't remember exactly what she said either, but I do remember she talked a lot about being scared to do it and doing it anyway, and I think that was really important. And um, I don't live with active alcoholism, and I didn't come into the program until um, I had been away from it for a long time and I was going completely crazy because the effects of it are so um, far reaching and deep. So I totally understand. And Alan, it's been a great help to me as I'm trying to sort through the detritus of my life. Mm-hmm. Good word. All right. Could you read, uh, maybe read Sarah's email? Sure. Um, Sarah writes, hello, I've been listening to your archive podcasts over the last week and have found so much help and hope from what you all do. Thank you for making these shows available. I am just beginning recovery with Alamon and have found your podcast to be so non-threatening, a wonderful way to gain a little peace and understanding about a milestone decision I have made about my relationship with my wife and her addictive behavior. I would love to listen live and participate via chat with your host. I value your experiences so much and would so love the opportunity to interact. Your website indicates that the next live show is scheduled for September, which I assume is last year. And I was wondering if your show is still recording episodes. If so, is there a preferred way to participate participate more fully than listening ar- listening to archived episodes? Thank you. Be well, Sarah. And uh, I wrote back, uh, dear Sarah, I've found it difficult to have a regular recording schedule that would be conducive to recording the show live. I'm often recording with co-hosts in different parts of the country and the world, uh, or I'm recording by myself at odd hours. 
So I'm, I have updated that page uh, to indicate that the live recording sessions are not very frequent these days. And, and actually, today's a great example. Uh, we had originally scheduled it for a certain time, and then uh, you, know, you, Akila, had uh, a conflict uh, going to the jail with your daughter's youth group, and, and so we had to move it. And then I guess that took longer than you expected, so we had to move it again. And if we had set up a mm-hmm. schedule to, you know, where people were expecting to be there for for a live interaction that wouldn't have been able to work very well um, and one of the other episodes that recent episodes i think i got up about five in the morning and recorded it before i went off to work again not wow. maybe what might have worked for somebody in australia uh, but <laughs> probably not for for people in in the u.s or in europe uh, and, and then I went on, I said, there are several ways to add to the content. In increasing order of commitment and effort, they are. You can send me an email, and I can read it into the next episode. I would like to do that with this email, if it's okay. You can call and leave a voicemail by phone or using the button on the website. We could record a short conversation about a topic, include it into a full episode, or you could be a guest host for a full episode. And so Sarah wrote back, maybe you could read what she wrote back. Yeah, she says, hi, Spencer. Thank you so much for the prompt response. I am so glad to hear that this is still an active show and that I may continue to be a part of it in so many ways. Thank you so very much for what you all do. Truly, this podcast has been my lifeline for several days now since separating from my wife. And I cannot believe how much sense this program and all of your experiences has made out of some of my most challenging circumstances. Of course, you may share my email. I'm also happy to send you more if you would like. (laughs) I have found all of the podcasts to speak to me and help illuminate so many areas where I can learn more about myself and what I need. Thank you. Currently, I find myself struggling with a strained marital relationship, specifically in the area of setting and maintaining boundaries. Any request or contribution I could offer would absolutely be colored by what is going on in my life and my marriage around this issue right now. Here's a snapshot and perhaps an email version of a short conversation about a topic. I also feel it necessary to disclose that I have been referred to Al-Anon by my counselor as a means to help me through this transition. I am floored by how much I need to be a part of this program and have already found so much healing and peace from experiencing it remotely. Along with your podcast, I have joined a couple of online groups until my schedule permits me to attend a local meeting. I am such a newbie. I don't even know the language yet. So the thought of a guest host or voice bot intimidates me at this time. Would love to keep him, keep it in mind as I continue. I am an addict, sober for six years, and I've just married another addict who is actively self-medicating and whose addictive behaviors have translated into, into abuse and betrayal in our marriage. This has been so damaging to me in many ways due to my inability to respond in a healthy way that I gave an ultimatum to either stop the abuse and agree that it would never be okay, i.e. commit to work, or to separate as I can no longer tolerate the damage it is causing me. She has chosen to separate. In fact, my boundary has not been respected at all, and I am in the process of following through with my consequence. And this is the hardest thing I have ever done. This is terrifying and so uncertain. And I just feel crazy, so triggered and unsafe with my own disease. I am very confident in the validity of my own needs and the appropriateness of my boundary. But now I just don't really know how to be. It feels as though I either have to abandon all hope that my marriage will be restored just to get through the day, or I have to eliminate any distinction between my spouse and her disease. Both feel so devastating. And as a fellow addict, I find these both to be so unkind. Perhaps some questions for you or your listeners. Do any of you there out there have any personal experience setting, experiences setting ultimatums with your addicts that were not respected, acknowledged, or met with insult? 
have you how have you handled the negativity from your addict and the anxiety and heartbreak of not knowing if the relationship will ever be restored? What has it looked like for you to practice loving detachment with an intimate partner through a separation or a divorce? What is the next right thing to do once the boundary has been communicated? Thank you so much once again, Spencer. I'm so thankful for the work you do and have done and to be in touch with you. Be well, Sarah. Wow. And there's so much in there, so much pain um, that mm-hmm. I think uh, many I can relate to, certainly um, having been in a, I'm still in, but um, you know, that was my decision uh, and my boundary uh, to stay, to stay married to my alcoholic, even though it didn't seem like she was ever going to get sober. Um, and, and we did have an episode and I, you know, I should have looked it up ahead of time. There was an episode, it t- the title was Stay or Go. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, where uh, several of us uh, talked about, you know, our decision whether to stay in relationship or to leave a relationship with uh, with an alcoholic or addict, and it, you know, so you can get you can get some of that uh, if you listen to that episode. Um, and there there are others. Uh, there's there's one I think there's one called Living with Active Alcoholism or Living with Active Addiction. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, again had several people sharing their experiences. Uh, so, if you want to find maybe people you can identify with and hear how we each have dealt with uh, in some way or another that the pain and hurt of of that kind of a relationship, uh, I, I would recommend those episodes to you. The other thing that I would su- I would strongly recommend is is finding a meeting that you can go to locally where. Um, you know, you can talk face to face with other people who are in similar situations. That was just so helpful to me. Um, I, I really, um, just so helpful uh, to to know that I wasn't alone and that there were other people uh, who, who really understood what was going on. Those are great questions, and and I think uh, we could have a whole episode on on those questions, if if not more than one. Uh, Akilah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I would really just encourage anybody who has some experience, strength, and hope to share to um, to call or write in specifically addressing Sarah's questions. Um, as for finding a meeting, it sounds like her schedule is super busy, so she can't now. Another thing I would suggest is on the website, Spencer has a link to speaker meetings. Um, there's a link to a place to download speaker meetings. And I found those really helpful. And there are a bunch of Al-Anon ones that the whoever maintains the site has been uploading. And there are tons in the archives. And um, some of them talk specifically about abuse or dealing with abuse or dealing with setting boundaries with husbands, ex or otherwise. Or um, I just listened to one today where the woman started talking about how the different things she did to change her behavior. Um, and when she had to set, you know, set an ultimate, made a more very hard line boundary. So I would, I would suggest a lot of those too, because mm-hmm. I think, um, if you can't get to a meeting, listening to a speaker is, is, is close to, as close to it as you can get. And those tend to have some really great insights. And, and sometimes, I mean, just like when, when I go to a meeting with people and I think, I don't understand how this is going to relate to me. <laughs> and then I just keep listening for the similarities as I've been taught. Or I keep listening and I hear yeah. something. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the experience that I needed to hear about. Um, and so uh, I think if I think I have the one I just finished today where she talks about that and I can um, send that to you, Spencer, and then you can um, forward it on to Sarah 
And I think, will you post our questions on the website? So then people. I, I was just thinking, yeah, I will cut those questions out and, and, and post them as part of the, the notes for this episode. That would be the recovery show.com slash one zero two. Okay. Um, and I was, I'm just looking at the website and, uh, there's a, a podcast called Recovery Radio Network. Yes, that's the one I'm talking about. Which uh, posts every day of the week, Monday through Friday, posts an open talk. Uh, and they seem to go sort of with a run of Al-Anons and then a run of AAs, maybe an occasional NA. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, But you can go to the Recovery Radio Network, click on that link, and, and they, you can look at the what they've posted recently. Um and uh, another site is XA Speakers, which is also linked here, and that just has files you can download. They're not really indexed very well, um, but mm-hmm. they are there. Uh, and again, they have Al-Anon, AA, all kinds of programs. And on Recovery Radio, you can either do it as a podcast, or you can download the files yeah. to listen to as an MP3. So. Yep. 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 So those are there. Um, yeah, so actually, you know, maybe looking at these questions, um, I might have a topic for next week. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks, Sarah. Um, it's I'm I'm so glad that that we're helping, um, and uh, I hope that you find uh, some peace and serenity in your struggle, um, because um, my experience is that is possible. Well, I think that's it for today. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to the Recovery Show. We do have expenses; they run about sixty dollars a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear. Uh, We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Alice did. And thank you again, Alice, for your contribution. So the last song selection here is If You Want to Sing Out, Sing Out. It's by Cat Stevens. It's an oldie uh, from my childhood, well, teenagerhood. Uh, and again, you can listen to that on the website at therecoveryshow.com slash 102. And I'd like to mention that I also uh, post a uh, a Spotify playlist that has a lot more songs on it, which are sort of the ones that that I picked out as maybe relevant, and then I selected the, the three that we talked about today from that list. So I, I will link that also in the uh, in the show notes. So this song uh, is really, I see it as... as taking the authority to live your life the way you want to live it, uh, that you maybe that you have the authority to live your life the way you want to live it, and you just need to recognize that. And a couple of the lyrics here, if you want to sing out, sing out. If you want to be free, be free, because there's a million things to be, you know that there are. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time.